0: Oh, no there's another squad attacking welcome to the third party podcast your weekly apex legends podcast brought to you by crossover media i'm your host shay joined by my co-host henry henry how's it going today
1: it's going quite well happy to be here as always lots to talk about today
0: lots to talk about apexes got some fun stuff going on with it right now Game's fun. You've been having a good time playing lately.
1: I've been having a great time. Like I think this season is definitely uh, on a good trajectory now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm excited to dive into kind of the changes and what's all going on.
0: For sure. Before we get into everything else, get some housekeeping. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to us on YouTube, The Third Party Pod. We stream weekly. Uh, it's going to be from 4 to 6 on Thursdays Pacific time. We had a pretty fun stream last time, upgraded everything, really exciting. I think it's a very new level compared to what it's been in the past, so it would be awesome to have you guys stop by there. We got a good episode though. Today we're going to be going through some news, putting the throwables in a head-to-head fight, reviewing a listener legend concept, breaking down the Mozambique, maybe the most overpowered gun in the game. We'll find out who knows, stay to the end. <laughs> Followed by some of your questions as always. But before we dive with that, let's dive into some reviews.
1: First review for today is Money Is Me Life, (laughs) five-star review. First off, I just wanted to say thank you for the amazing podcast. You guys really helped me get better at the game. Also, I recently broke my left elbow and my right thumb, so I can't really play Apex for a while. But listening to you guys is really helping me feel like I'm not missing out on all the new content, so just thank you so much.
0: Hey, sorry to hear about that. It's too bad. Broken bones are never fun, but hopefully you'll recover, make 100% back, and uh, grind an Apex soon. That's for sure. Next review is coming from Boy with a Sick Beat. Five stars. Dope podcast. I love listening to you guys every day before school. Never have I listened to a podcast till now. After I heard the Rampart strategy, I won a game with almost 3k damage. Thank you guys so much. Keep up the great work.
1: That's big time. 3k? You know? Yeah, this season, the damage counters have been a little different after the the armor changes, mm-hmm. but Rampart can definitely get you that that high da- uh, damage game with the amped cover and the, the big spray and pray Sheila. So no uh, that's really good to hear. And last review for the day is coming from Shadow09. Five stars, amazing. As a new player, thanks for giving so much info, and the chill vibes are awesome. Keep it up.
0: Thank you, Shadow. We try and give information for all skill levels on this podcast. Glad we can help out some of the newer players. And I know we've talked to a couple of some serious pros that value some of the stuff we talk about. And I love just diving into everything Apex, regardless of just gameplay, whether it be lore or what's going on in the development side of the game.
1: For sure. We try to hit all all the bases here.
0: Definitely. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news... The September Soiree has launched as of today. Uh, we're recording on 9-8-2020, bringing back a new limited time mode each week. Uh, so essentially we're getting four old limited time modes, starting with Dummies Big Day. Um, if you aren't familiar with Dummy's Big Day, no legends, no trackers or badges other than your rank. And, you know, you've know, got your tactical, which is the loot spawner. Summons a random piece of loot. Your ultimate is the panic button, which has three options that can come out. Completely random though, you have no control over those. That is the loot pinata, spawns a bunch of loot. Dance party, you get the bamboozle sound effect when you shoot a decoy. Uh, But that's like Mirage's ultimate right now. And then the emergency heal, which heals everyone in the radius. I think this one's kind of fun. This is what we thought was going to be potentially be the lifeline rework there for a while. Um, But really fun abilities. And what have just been your first impressions of the dummy's big day, the first thing of the soiree?
1: It's cool. You know, essentially when I first saw that we had Dummy's Big Day, the first time around, I thought it was pretty much really a dummy's training ground for a lot Mm -hmm. of these new ultimate ideas. Um, But now that it's back and it's the same as before, um, I guess it's less so trying to pick apart all the new abilities and just focus on having fun. And I think it does that. You know, we've had our first two games we won. So we're at 100% uh,
0: right now. Yeah, focus on the gunplay. That's where we thrive. Uh, just because you know your abilities, your tactical is not going to do much mid-fight. And those ultimates, you don't really uh, rely on those. There's a reason it's called the panic button. I guess is the best way to put it. It is
1: very weird. You know, if if you're holding your ultimate to use in a fight, you have no idea if it's going to heal you or toss a purple armor at the enemy. So,
0: uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I actually haven't gotten a purple armor yet or anything. I just get shield batteries and ammo, which no complaints here. God loves shield batteries. From I'm that talking tactical. about the ultimate.
1: Oh, you're talking about the ultimate. Oh, the big, one. Oh, that the big thing.
0: nuts. That thing is that, well, we just had a great experience with a teammate where Henry popped his ultimate and we just killed a lot of people. And they spent what, like five minutes in the zone at round least, one looting? Least. Yeah, that was fun. That was an interesting game. But, you know, we ended up clutching that win anyways. Let's talk about this for event in general. What are just your thoughts on a very random introduction kind of out of nowhere?
1: Yeah, we did not see this coming. Uh, This was really not leaked at all. Um, You know, either it was uh, hid very well or it was a very last minute thing. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool to see it. Um, Interesting that we're getting, you know, three other uh, old uh, limited time modes as well. Um, Yeah, what are your thoughts?
0: I'm excited. I, we've talked a lot about how the introduction of LTMs randomly is good for the game. Like, it just keeps things fresh for people. It's kind of interesting because we have mentioned that, like, we don't think they should just constantly have them rotating. But I guess because they're only doing it for a month, it still yeah. works because I'm sure then we're going to finish this, maybe have a week, and then get into the collection event potentially. Uh, but it'll be really fun, I think. And, you know, guesses for the next couple... We've got a lot of LTMs to pull from. Uh, In the past, Tuareg event, they did always be closing. And I don't think we'll see that one again, considering we just got it. Um, So you got Gold Rush, Deja Loot, Solos, or third person mode. All really fun. I think Henry and I have a dream, though. It's not going to happen, probably. but I don't know. I mean, we would love to see Winter Express back. That's just like, anytime you hear an LTM coming, we're just like, please give us Winter Express again. But if we don't get it now, hopefully we get it come Christmas time, maybe again, then have a great time playing that one as well.
1: Yeah. Last thoughts on this one. I'll just say it's fun. I like the gunplay mm-hmm. focus, but having no voice lines and no legends makes the game feel really lonely. A lot There's of no reading. Talking. Yeah. It's like, it's got, it's a whole different vibe in the game, but We've definitely gotten some good stats from it so far.
0: Yeah, it's been a fun one to play, and we'll keep playing it for sure, but it's nice that it's not like an overpowering thing where like we feel like it, we have to play it as like some of the other new limited-time modes are a lot of the time. Uh, so that'll be fun. Next big piece of news. This is huge. I, I don't even know if we can put this into perspective, but armor values have been reverted. All armor is still Evo, but the values are back to the Season 5 value. So, as you know, we've talked about, Henry and I did a lot of talking. Yeah, Big episode on the changes to Time to Kill in general and how they dropped all armor values by 25. And so, essentially, now we are back to where white, common armor, gives you 150 total health, blue, rare, 175, purple and gold back to 200, and red is back to 225. What are your first thoughts, man?
1: Uh, I like it. You know, first thought: the time to kill is one of the best things about this game. Mm-hmm. You know, the mobility, the gunplay, and the time to kill, alongside all the lore and the legends, really make Apex great. Um, and so I think the game feels really good in the state. Um, you know, before they announced the change, um, uh, you know, I was working really hard to get comfortable uh, mm-hmm. with the new Apex and the new values, and so. I didn't expect them to do a, a switcheroo like this, but overall, you know, I think it's it's good. I, I liked the time to kill before, and so I'm cool to go back to it.
0: It's just interesting to see kind of, you know, the dev- devs making changes and such, and this was not a change we were expecting. They very much seemed very proud of this change when it was announced, and we very much thought it was going to be solid. And I'll read off a little quote now from Jason McCord, the design director, to kind of put the developer's perspective of what was going on, just so you guys know what it is. Now, it's important to note that we playtested changing the armor values for months internally. From those playtests, feedback was positive, but we are a small group of people compared to the millions that play Apex Legends every day. The skill level in our teams are varied, and big balance changes are really only going to be vetted when we get feedback from all of you. We are always striving to improve the experience in Apex Legends Sometimes these changes can be more experimental. We're not always going to get things right, but it's important for us to listen and correct things when we don't.
1: A very nice sentiment uh, from the team at Apex, I feel. You know, it It means a lot that they're willing to listen to the community, make some bold moves, mm-hmm. um, but then, you know, feel out the water and react and not just, uh, you know, throw content out there and big changes like this really was.
0: Yeah, and they mentioned as well that this won't be the last time we see a big major change like this. Henry and I were definitely a little confused at the introduction of this change. You know, the time to kill was such a staple for apex legends. It's something a lot of players, including ourselves fell in love with. And so it was interesting to see them shift away from that. Um, And so to see it come back is very interesting because they're definitely listening to people that have voices in the community. There's a lot of streamers that were very vocal about this and, It really was vocal from the pro scene perspective on that 200 health.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a huge change. Um, But now we're back, um, you know, no reason to be complaining anymore Mm -hmm. about the time to kill. Um, But on that note, on our time to kill episode that we kind of put out to help you guys uh, adjust, it's actually still relevant because all of the time to kill that I was using in the firing range all was on the 200 hit point dummies. Mm-hmm. So all that information is still awesome and good and very helpful. Get some good stats. We get some weapon recommendations, some legend recommendations for this season. Um, still a really good episode. So luckily our, our content is still uh, still good, I still guess. Still evergreen. Yeah, evergreen. exactly.
0: I guess the last thought I maybe we should just discuss before we get into the next thing is Any concerns on your front from like the making a major change and needing to walk it back? Uh, Any concerns for the state of the game, which is kind of the next thing we're going to be talking about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I am slightly concerned. You know, I don't want to be too negative, but I said it, you know, at the very beginning of Season 6, they changed too much. Mm -hmm. Like crafting, Evo, new legend, map changes, and changing the time to kill – while also buffing some interesting weapons and taking the r9 off the ground that's like a mouthful yeah. to change and i felt like doing all that at once was too much and this whole time to kill thing was kind of the thing that broke the camel's back you know discussing the competency of the team i don't know if that's really appropriate mm-hmm. um but, you know, at least they did have the the guts to walk it back. That's what I know? was going to say. Do yeah. some bold stuff. That's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, I would have kind of liked a bit more communication on the front that maybe this was an experimental change mm-hmm. um, not just kind of plopping it in our lap and not saying anything. Um, but I think this is a really good step for the future.
0: Definitely. I mean, them being able to address and see what they think is best for the community in general and the fact that there is feedback being listened to I think is reassuring not only to us but to a lot of people that have a significant voice in this community Um, and yeah I think that really says it all. With that though let's dive into the state of Apex Legends as it is.
1: Yeah so with the streamers and social media talking a lot about Apex and recently Fall Guys really shaking things up uh, some people are even saying that the rise of Fall Guys is a major factor at Hyperscape, uh, kind of falling flat upon its launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite sure about the specifics on that, but it is a theory. Um, and because of these reasons, we wanted to kind of dive in, look as much as we can, do some research and see where Apex is and where it is in the Battle Royale market. So we have three different metrics to kind of give us a summary of where Apex is. And the first one is downloads. And this one's really interesting and may not even be worth saying on this show, (laughs) but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, And why I say that is the downloads don't really matter. You know, These games are free. Mm -hmm. Uh, These downloads are self-reported by the companies and are not kept up to date. So it's hard to tell. Like if somebody downloaded a game a year ago, they may or may not play it now. So it's not really a relevant statistic, but here they are. So Fortnite has 80 million, Apex has 70 million, Warzone has 60 million, and Fall Guys already has 10 million. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. You know, Apex is really close to where Fortnite is. Warzone is right behind. Um, Looking at that kind of in terms of the duration the game has been out, Fortnite's been out for three years. Mm -hmm. Apex, half that time, a year and a half. Warzone is still a baby. It's only been out for half a year. And then Fall Guys has only been out a month. So, you know, we still have some growth to see. They're not all on an even playing field. Mm -hmm. And again, these numbers may not even tell us anything at all. So, interesting.
0: It's very interesting. And just like looking at, there's so much talk about like, oh, is a game going to die and all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, is like games can have success no matter what. Like, Just because Apex is not going to be, you know, we're going to the numbers in a second, not at the top of, you know, Twitch standings, it is still a very valid game that's bringing in money for its company and it'll continue to see content and success. And as long as they can keep their player base interested and hopefully bring in new players with things to come, large success. Like, game I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon just because uh, we got a lot of other success around it.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely fair. And just diving right into the, where the Twitch standings are and where viewership is. Um, this is another interesting metric because Twitch viewership really fluctuates on mm-hmm. an hourly basis, daily basis, based on you know what content is dropping, seasonal changes uh, for all these battle royales, who's online. So lots of variation. And I looked at it a couple of different times and got wildly different numbers. But for 12 p.m. Pacific time on a weekday, I pulled these numbers. Out of the total game channels, the BRs, the top four BRs, are the first one is Warzone, number three game in all gaming channels, Mm -hmm. 200,000 viewers, followed by Fortnite at number five at 127,000. Fall Guys then has just under 100,000 at number eight, and then Apex is at the 15th most popular game on Twitch at 36,000 concurrent viewers. Some interesting numbers there. You know, out of all of the uh BR Twitch viewership, 43% on one given day mm-hmm. were allocated to Warzone, 27% to Fortnite, 21% to Fall Guys and then 8% for Apex. And I think a lot of you guys have seen this. For Apex, you guys are all fans of Apex. We're mm-hmm. of course fans of Apex. It can be disappointing to see that Apex isn't at the top. Um, you know, how does it compete? It can be sad to see that Apex doesn't have a hundred thousand uh viewers on Twitch. But I'd like to go into the next thing.
0: Sure. Talking about the followers? Sure. Yeah. Just mention the followers real quick just because I think it's interesting to see mm-hmm. kind of the growth over time. You know, as we said earlier, Fortnite's been out for three years. They have sixty three point six million followers on Twitch. Uh Warzone has been out for half a year and they got eight point one million followers on Twitch. Apex out for one and a half years, nine point eight million followers on Twitch, and Fall Guys, who's been out for a month, one point seven million. The follower count is kind of just the one of the ways to see the avoid a little bit of the inconsistency that the regular, you know, because events run all that kind of thing. Yeah. Like Henry was saying, on a day to day basis, um, just kind of interesting to see. I mean, nine point eight million is nothing to like scoff at. It's a lot yeah, of followers. It's a, lot. a lot of followers lot for sure. It really is. And then the last stat. Interesting one. We'll put a little caveat on it with the live player account. I'll let you explain.
1: Yeah. So essentially, uh, we don't know how many current players are playing Apex. Mm-hmm. It's not reported for really any game. They don't have like monthly reports or anything mm-hmm. like that to know how many active monthly players are we getting. And we've been trying to find this number for a long time because it kind of affects uh, our podcast mm-hmm. and where we feel that we're sitting. Um, But we found this tracker uh, at playercounter.com. We checked it out um, to just see how many people are playing these top four BRs at any given time. Mm -hmm. And I pulled them the same time as I did the Twitch, and we got this. Fortnite, 5.8 million players. Apex, 1 million players. Fall Guys, 300,000 players. And Warzone, 270,000 players. And that's really interesting to see. you know. Based on the followership of uh, Fortnite on Twitch, Apex is not even in the same league. Mm-hmm. It's hard to compare. And really, it's hard to compare any of these games. The only thing they have in common is the genre. Like yeah, they're and- so, so different. Different audiences, different mm-hmm. gameplay, different everything. Um, but I think it is nice to see that, at least according to playercounter.com, Apex has three times the active players as Warzone mm-hmm. at a certain
0: time. I will say though that they have the, they have Modern Warfare listed at 2 million current players. And it's weird because Twitch sometimes encapsulates both those into two. So we don't really know how they track those uh, per se. And like, how do you know if someone is on Warzone versus Modern Warfare? Unless they, because if they have, you know, Modern Warfare downloaded, you go into Warzone through that game. And so it's interesting to see from that standpoint. But yeah. I think it's cool to see. I think Apex is having great success and I think a lot of people are constantly worried about the game uh, when there is not a lot of need to have that worry.
1: Yeah. Another just fun number to end it on, which I think is kind of cool, is based on all the total like player counts on the player counter and comparing that to the stream viewership, mm-hmm. only 3.8% of people that play BRs watch BRs on Twitch, which is, was very shocking to me. You know, only 272,000 people are watching a BR on Twitch, but there's over 7 million people playing at any given time. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. You know, a lot of people get hyped about Twitch and streaming. And that, even though how big it is, it's just a small, small fraction of just the player base. Yeah.
0: I mean, player base is the most important thing by far. And so it's good to see that for sure. You know, interesting to see, hopefully, in the future, we have Apex coming with Crossplay. Any time at this point, rumors floating around everywhere. We got the 15th uh, being very much floated around, uh, nothing confirmed, but crossplay launching and bringing Apex to Steam uh, could really, really help Apex out uh, from a player based standpoint and popularity. Uh, we're not huge in the PC scene. I just got one and I've just started playing it. Um, and so its it'll be cool maybe for Apex to garner a bigger audience on that platform because I know a lot of Uh, Our listeners have trouble playing on PC and getting into games at times and such, and so avoiding that could be very nice. And then also we have, you know, mobile and Nintendo Switch possibly coming this winter. Just to know their audience. I know, like, mobile is a huge deal, at least in, you know, a lot of markets where there isn't as much access to console or PC player base, and so that could be fun as well. Any other last thoughts, though, before we get into the main topic? That's
1: it. That's a good kind of snapshot of apex looking at the numbers as maybe inconsistent or unreliable as they might be it Mm -hmm. is something and it's cool to see the comparison
0: between them before we get into the main topic of the day here's a word from our sponsors the good games podcast is brought to you by henry and shay hopefully you like those two guys if you're listening to this pod from our success covering apex legends we have sought out to create a new project talking about all good games in all seriousness, though, if you want to hear Henry and I cover games from Rogue Company into Assassin's Creed and any recommendations you may have, check out the link in the description to hear about all the new good games.
1: Welcome back to the main topic of today. We're going to be talking about grenades uh, and really all throwables mm-hmm. of the game. Um, you know, first we're going to break down kind of the more traditional grenades, the ones that are going to go into your Inventory, we're going to be discussing the techniques you're going to use them, the numbers associated with them, and then we're going to try to compare them and pick out our favorites. And then, followed by that, we're going to also introduce different throwables into the game as well.
0: I'm so excited to talk about this. We've been trying to find a time to fit in this episode now for a while. You know, throwables are something that Henry and I, I think, value slightly more than the rest of the community. And so, it's exciting to finally be able to. Share our thoughts and kind of break them down for you guys because I know we've influenced a lot of people when it comes to uh, survey beacons. So maybe we can convince you guys to carry some more nades.
1: That's true. We've been teasing this episode for many, many months. (laughs) We've been trying to do a whole episode on throwables. So this is very exciting. We value them a lot. Um, I hope that maybe this teaches you something uh, about maybe not just our perspectives, but kind of how good these things can be Mm -hmm. and where you should value them in your inventory. Um, but first off, I want to start off with a fun fact. You can inspect grenades, which is very cool. Awesome. Uh, Not only can you inspect your hands when you're running and crack your knuckles and stuff like that. That took me way
0: too long to find out
1: but you can also inspect grenades and if you inspect an arc star, you kind of have a knockoff kunai. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool, fun fact try it out. Feel, feel like you're part of the heirloom club.
0: It'll definitely be a part of our rankings.
1: (laughs) Yes, that is a big factor. Um, but to kind of, before we go into the uh, actual grenades, I just want to discuss what we'll be talking about after. So you guys know what direction we're heading. Um, and there's other combat throwables than just the frag arc star mm-hmm. and thermite. And those are within legend abilities. Now what really qualifies uh, as a throwable or what, what classifies a throwable? Really what we're saying is it's an object that can be projected and does area damage. And that's limited to Bangalore smoke launcher, uh, revenant silence and caustics knock knocks gas grenade. Um, I'd like to give an honorable mention to Mirage's Decoy, uh, just because it can really disrupt combat. Um, You do project it, but it doesn't do any damage, so we won't be including it. Mm -hmm. And then for everybody asking why Crypto, Bangalore, and Gibraltar's ultimate don't count as uh, throwables or projectiles, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much not going to count them just because it takes too long for them to actually explode or deploy them. and they're not not—they're not really doing damage when you throw them. You know, something else comes down. You throw mm-hmm. out the drone, and then you fly it, and then you activate it. Or you throw out the marker, and then the artillery comes down. So I'm happy to count. call
0: the little smoke grenade that, you know, launches the... Tells you where the strike happens. That can be a throwable. But
1: we're not including
0: <laughs> it. But we're not including that one.
1: Uh, and then, not really an honorable mention, but Lobo's Bracelet also does not count, even though it's thrown. Don't do damage. Don't count.
0: Maybe if they give it a little damage buff. Hit somebody in the head, 20 damage with Loba's bracelet. Is that what it needs?
1: That may be. I mean, it remains to be seen. I, we, we didn't quite get a Loba uh, buff or a rework yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of not sure if anything's coming.
0: But Start things off. Frag grenade. So frag grenade, the kind of staple grenade in all shooter video games. Everything has some sort of version of this. Uh, frag grenade's got an ignition time of four seconds, and throwing it starts that fuse. Um, from a damage standpoint, deals ten impact damage. So if you hit somebody in the head, the body, you're gonna deal ten damage there, and up to a hundred explosion damage in a ten meter explosion radius. Additionally, you get to know the frag grenade will destroy doors. The radius is ten meters. It's a good grenade. It can be bounced off walls to hit enemies around corners. You can roll it around covers and. It's probably the most uh, flexible grenade from a where-you-want-it-to-hit standpoint, if that makes any sense.
1: That makes total sense. Then the Arc Star, uh, similar but very different. Uh, Ignition time of 2.8 seconds, so less than the frag grenade, and it sticks, then explodes after a short delay. Um, The damage profile is also pretty different. It deals 30 impact damage, so if you stick somebody with this Arc Star, it's going to do 30. And then it's going to do up to 70 explosion damage. Um, So very interesting how that compares to the frag in terms of damage. But arc stars also have disruptor round functionality. So it deals triple damage against shields. But in practice, you're not really going to be doing 210 shield damage Mm -hmm. to one person. So the three times doesn't really matter. It pretty much means if somebody has a shield on and they get hit by an arc star they have no more shield, even if it's red. Um, Radius is going to be the same as the frag, uh, 10 meters, um, but it also slows those in that explosion radius Mm -hmm. for five seconds, which is quite, quite long. Um, The arc stars can also be thrown further than a frag or a thermite grenade, and they can also destroy doors, just like the rest of them. Um, This one's it's a very interesting, I'd say it might be, uh, a competitive favorite to put in there. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always talking arc stars um, for that slowing capability, um, but also has some difficulty associated with it. You know, the stick is important. Uh, the placement is important. Um, some a fun thing you could do is you can actually stick an arc star onto a crypto drone and make your own little predator drone strike. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- this is a very interesting grenade. Very similar to a frag, but also very different.
0: Arc Star might be the most satisfying grenade to use in Apex. Yeah. Like, what is better feeling than sticking someone with an Arc Star? Yeah, lead with the star. You we, know, hey, the pros do it. Yeah, when they're messing around, they go into a building, Arc Star first. I don't even know how, man. If I could stick people with an Arc Star on a reliable basis, whew, that would be make for a nice highlight reel. It would. Next grenade is the Thermite grenade. So instant ignition time, you know, immediately upon throwing ignites a horizontal wall of flames. Uh, from a damage standpoint, it deals four damage per tick when you're standing in the flames and applies an overtime burn effect that lasts for 25 damage, uh, eight second burn duration. So you're looking at potentially dealing 232 damage if people, you know, for some reason like to bathe in the fire. Yeah. I eight mean, seconds. sometimes, sometimes, you know, um, uh, from a radius perspective, it ignites that perpendicular firewall 10 meters across. Uh, it destroys doors as well. You know, throw a clock. the way Kind of like you throw this thing, you know on impact, it's going horizontal from that standpoint. Um, it's not going to ever, you're not going to throw it and then have it go vertical from where you threw it, if that makes any sense. And this is a really good grenade. burns enemies behind doors, which I think is one of the best functions of this grenade ignores knockdown shields. So really you're just, uh, throwing down the dead people and they're going to burn to a crisp (laughs) at that point. Like it's, how is morbid. It's bad though. Um, one of Henry and I's favorite uses of it because it happens to us so much is it's a great way to counter smoke and gas pushes. You know, if someone throws their caustic ult on you and they're going to push in past you, throw a thermite grenade in there and they're going to run into it because it is kind of hard to see when it is in that smoke and gas. Um, That thing is amazing, though. You want to talk about some of the trade-offs, though?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you also, with the Thermite, have kind of that blurred vision because the flames are kind of on the Mm -hmm. the edges of your screen. But although with the Thermite you're going to get that instant damage, you know, it instantly ignites, and you're going to realistically get 25 to 50 damage from it. You know, that's assuming that people are actually in the flames for two seconds to do 50 damage. Um, you compare that to 100 damage with a warning
0: mm-hmm.
1: that the Frag and the arc star have because they have that uh, delayed ignition. It's tough, you know? I think we're going to need to talk about a little bit because you have kind of the guaranteed damage of the Thermite, essentially, if you dime them because it's going to instantly happen, but you're only really going to get 25 to 50. Mm-hmm. Or you'll give them a little bit of warning and you do 100 damage or potentially take all their shields off with the Arc Star. So there's a trade-off here. Um, and the Thermite, I think, is a way more strategic throwable mm-hmm. than the others. You know, you're going to use it uh, to do damage to people behind doors. You're going to use it on the people that you've already knocked. You're going to use it to draw lines in the sand. You yeah. know, just like Shay said, with the smoke and the gas, the... Um, silences you know being able to control areas with this grenade because it has an eight second burn duration
0: it's pretty cool people don't push through thermite grenades you should like you people do not do that and so having that grenade where if you know maybe two of your teammates really get themselves in trouble and you know you're not holding off a 1v3 you pop down two thermites that's enough time for your teammate to get maybe a bat off or even Mm -hmm. a couple of cells and make that fight a lot more even it's very much one of Henry Nye's favorite grenades just from the strategic standpoint like Henry was talking about. I, let's talk about the... I think Thermites are very much in their own category in a way. Let's talk a little bit about the Arcstar versus Frag debate because I think yeah. that is very much the uh, guys that seem similar to each other in their usage during a game. Do you have a preference just off the bat?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly... I'm a throwables fanboy. I'll take anything I can get. You mm-hmm. know, I'll I'll pick up any grenade. I'm not going to pass up a frag or an arc star. Yeah. Um, but when faced with the decision of one inventory slot and either a frag or an arc star, I'm probably leaning towards the arc star mm-hmm. just because I like how precise I can throw it. And the fact that I can throw it a little bit further and then the damage profile is interesting. You know, the fact that it does have the disruptor effect, um, is definitely intriguing to me. Um, and so I am going to lean towards the arc star, but I definitely am happy to hear an argument for the frag.
0: I'll make an argument for the frag. I'll push to play devil's advocate because for me, that slow effect that you get with the arc star takes it for me, but devil's advocate argument for the frag grenade is attacking buildings. I like it a lot more from a strategic standpoint of being able to bounce it off the walls. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Uh, you can make some really fun plays with it, you know. Hitting people in cover is a bit easier with that Frag Grenade versus that Arc Star, and I haven't been able to pull it off myself, but I know a lot of people have mentioned that throwing the Frag Grenade straight up, the timing of it with the ignition and damage, if you're running away from people, can be a good uh, deterrent from people chasing you Yeah. compared to the Arc Star, which will stick to the ground, and then it'll still wait to explode and so i think there is some tactical use that that frag might have that the thermite doesn't having the third frag roll up on you at times when you're running around a corner after someone can be very very intimidating and i think when you see that standpoint with an arc star you still feel like you have a little bit more time to get away
1: yeah but just like you said the slow five Mm -hmm. seconds of being stunned you can't move as fast you can't sprint is really just the nail in the coffin. Like, if you have eyes on somebody and you're able to get that early arc star, you're going to be able to get them with the gun, Mm -hmm. you know, essentially. Like, the damage doesn't really matter. It's the slow that is really going to wreck people's day.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, overall, carry all of the grenades you can. Do you have a favorite number? Do you have a magic number that you carry during a game? I'm going to do at
1: least two. But I'm trying to change up My inventory game, you know, I saw something on Twitter, somebody talking about grenades and they were like, carry less ammo, like Mm -hmm. stop wasting your bullets, like only shoot at somebody if you actually have a clear picture and instead like only carry like a hundred ammo of each gun and carry more grenades because they are good and they require less skill to really use effectively. So there's something you should lean into, even if you are really good, um, because, just kind of take the pressure off. You can get more ammo once you killed this guy with their grenade. So don't worry about
0: it. There's a reason that an entire legends kit was predicated on avoiding grenades because grenade spam is a real thing in Apex and if you don't have those Watson and those late games ranked competitive style things, you're going to really struggle because people will grenade the heck out of you and when you're precise with it, when you have a team that's precise with grenades, uh you're going to pose a serious threat to everyone else in the lobby and those endgame circles.
1: It's absolutely true. So now that we've settled the inventory throwables, Mm -hmm. let's go into the other tactical throwables that are within some legend kits. I'm going to start it off with Bangalore's smoke launcher. Now this thing has two charges, and so you can use it back-to-back. Two smokes in a row, no problem. The launcher also allows Bangalore to fire canisters farther than grenades. So you kind of have additional range; it's not the same as a frag or an arc star. Um, and then once it lands, the canister splits into three separate uh, smoke canisters, if you will, um, and they are they're going to land just like a, a thermite would, mm-hmm. perpendicular from that line of trajectory. Um, and then it takes twenty-three seconds for the smoke to fully evaporate. So that's a pretty long time. And then each canister, each charge of the tactical, has a thirty-three second cooldown. Um, which is pretty interesting. And then if the canister does explode on an enemy, it's going to do 10 damage. Um, some notes on this uh, ability and this throwable are it's extremely versatile. You know, you can blind enemies, you can probe a building for enemies with that 10 damage, um, you can misdirect, uh, you can hide a res, conceal and advance, support with a bloodhound. You mm-hmm. know, that's a pretty interesting thing that shouldn't be left unmentioned. Uh, but a very versatile tactical
0: throwable. Yeah. I suck in the smoke. I always have. I got to work on it. I need digital threats for some reason. I've don't know, but we talked about limited time modes and having one legend modes. Man, if everyone was a Bangalore, I would be in chaos. And I am willing to admit that.
1: And combo combo the smoke with other grenades. Mm-hmm. You know, putting frags in the smoke, that's a dangerous recipe. Somebody's going to get burned.
0: For sure. Next we have the Silence. So Silence, Revenant's tactical. The device explodes on contact, leaves that lingering circular cloud for 10 seconds. If you get hit directly with it or you walk into it after the cloud is down, you deal 10 damage and disable the tactical and ultimate abilities for 20 seconds. This ability has a 25 second cooldown, two charges as well and also temporary, you know, kind of the flash concussive effect. It's the closest thing to a concussion grenade in Apex. It can be very overwhelming on the eyes uh, when you're locked in on a game. This really only prevents enemies from activating the abilities. Abilities that are already in use are not affected, except for Gibraltar's Gun Shield, Lifeline's Combat Revive, Mirage Invisible Revive, and Pathfinder's Grappling Hook, which I have still never seen Somebody hit a grappling pathfinder with a rev silence, and the day I do is the day I stop playing Apex because that means revenant is taken over.
1: That that would be a pretty sad day if a pathfinder was flying through the sky and got shot down. (laughs) (laughs) that would be sad.
0: Another thing is you can silence and throw a grenade at the same time, which just looks freaking awesome. It looks so good. It's a really good ability, though. Just some notes on it. You know, huge payoff. You know, taking away abilities isn't insane ability in of itself it is a hard one though you know refining your accuracy with this ability is very tough uh the sound itself though has a two meter radius of effect and does remain active for 10 seconds so something that henry likes to do is you know block doors or use it defensively as well as the offense uh, which is really effective and some of the best revenant players i've seen do that as well uh, it's definitely a go-to move if you're revenant because people might push through a fence traps you're normally going to get people to avoid people will not want to lose their abilities like that is just that it can be catastrophic to a wraith or anything like it can be really bad you know most fights last a total of 10 seconds so 20 seconds of disabling all abilities is brutal for a legend-based shooter it really is and it's interesting to see how the people that are really good with these silences can dominate fights in a way that no other legend truly can at this point
1: yeah it's this is a very very good tactical very scary to go up against especially if you really rely on those passes that are Mm -hmm. affected or the tacticals with the mobility um but after a couple months ago many months ago they upped it to two charges for Mm -hmm. this tactical and that really makes it so that it's much more forgiving you don't have to be as precise with it but still difficult to master And I think we're all just lucky that it's not used more, you know? Um, Honestly, I mean, last season we kind of had some uh, uproar about all the Revenant meta and everybody playing Revenant, but they don't know the potential. Like, this can really change the whole playing field of Apex. This ability right here, um, we're lucky that it's not used more and that it's a little bit tricky to perfect.
0: Thank goodness that nobody, like, went crazy on the Rev when they changed the time to kill, because that was a huge buff to Revenant. We mentioned it earlier, but dropping everyone's health but keeping your totem health the same was just insane after all the complaints we'd heard last season.
1: Yeah. And lastly for the Throwables, we have the Nox Gas Grenade brought to you by Caustic. Uh, you guys know what it does. Mm -hmm. Blanket's an area with toxic gas. It not only does damage to you, but it also slows you and uh, blinds your vision a little bit, blurs it uh, pretty heavily. Um, And then the damage is maybe confusing to some people, but essentially what it is, is you're going to be dealing ever-increasing damage from four damage to 10 damage every second spent in the gas.
0: Directly to the health.
1: Directly to the health. Mm So. This is pretty interesting. It has 120 second cooldown. This is the only ultimate on our list. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you toss out the grenade, it's going to have a 12 and a half second duration of having gas on the ground. And pretty much if you add up the, the four, then increase by one all mm-hmm. the way up to 10, uh, you have a potential damage of 109 within that 12 and a half second duration. And because it goes straight to the health, that's a knock. So this thing, if they do decide to hang out in the gas for 12 and a half seconds, it's a killer.
0: Don't go to bunker. Yeah, you don't want to get trapped in a small space. If you get trapped in a small space with that caustic ult, GG's. Especially if they throw a trap in there too. Like... Yeah. Oof.
1: And we're not really here to talk about caustic, but just because it is related, the traps don't necessarily stack the damage. Mm -hmm. So if you have two traps next to each other or a trap and the ultimate, it's not going to do eight damage per tick it's not doubling it pretty much while in the gas it's going to be a max of 10 okay, so if yeah. you have two it will add one to it mm-hmm. so if they go off at the same time it would be five instead of four but it's still going to cap at the 10 so kind of interesting how that works um but i mean a good thing um that'd be bad yeah some notes on this is honestly i see it more used as a zoning ability. Um, you know, if you're out in the open or if you're in a city environment, you're going to use this to say, Hey, don't come through here, or you're going to be blind and dumb mm-hmm. and it's going to be bad. Um, but you can also use it to really suffocate those small buildings, mm-hmm. you know, toss it in there. There's not much they can do. It's also devastating in those end rings. Um, and kind of pairing it with, it's not really included, but if you pair it with caustic's passive ability to mm-hmm. have people outlined in this while they're in the gas, Um, you're pretty much in for some big, big disappointment if you're stuck in this gas. So essentially, the biggest tip for going up against this grenade is don't, because it's a lose-lose situation. It's a very powerful grenade, Um, but kind of, I guess how I see it is, I I don't think this thing's overpowered Mm -hmm. because you can avoid it. You know, it's not gonna necessarily creep at you, Mm -hmm. and so if you do. Have it thrown at you. You need to run the opposite direction. You need to get out of it. You're not going to stay in it for 12 and a half seconds. Like that's <laughs> that's going to be a no-go. Uh, and that's what I'll say.
0: Which yeah. is powerful in of itself. Like being able to mm-hmm. move someone completely with an ultimate is a big deal. And it's why we like Jibby and Bangalore as well. So yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the rankings of these ultimate, or er, not ultimates, the rankings of these grenades. It's interesting. Because, you know, we're looking at them all together, just the throwables in general. So comparing, you know, abilities that are legend-specific to throwables in general is kind of hard. But in terms of damage output per second?
1: First, we have the Arc Star at 125 total shield damage potential. Then, followed by the Frag, which does 100 straight damage max. And the Thermite, which upon one second is going to do 25 total damage of being in the fire. Silence, 10 damage. Smoke, 10 damage. And then Nox, 4 damage. So that's kind of like the one second duration in terms of damage ranking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So now we have the duration prioritized. So say it's not just going to be that one second. Say you're going to having the effect of this throwable for three seconds. Arc Star, still going to do that 125 damage right off the bat. And it's still going to be the number one because it slows for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Then you have the frag because it still does 100 damage. Thermite, say you're in that fire for 3 seconds, that's 75 damage. Nox gas going to be 15 seconds. Being in the, the gas, going to be blinded for 3 seconds, and you're going to take that damage. And you're going to have the silence, which is still going to be doing max of 10 damage, but 20 seconds of disabling your abilities. And the smoke, back of the pack, 10 <laughs> damage, still a 23-second duration of the smoke. But because it's just hard to compare these things. Interesting note though, to compare those other tactical abilities, the silence and the smoke, to the NOx gas is, yes, the NOx is going to slow you, but it can be countered by Wraith, Pathfinder, and octane's tactical mm-hmm. to kind of skirt out of it. And it's a hundred and twenty second cooldown. doesn't mean you can't use it in every fight, but to put that into perspective, you can put down six silence, in that same time period, and five smokes in one hundred and twenty seconds. So you can do a lot of stuff in that duration that the nox gas has. But that's the comparison.
0: For sure. Rank of those grenades for me. Straight up, frag, throwable, thermite, arc. Uh, what are your favorites? A, uh. If you're picking them up though. Arc. Arc number we one. We talked about this. Thermite two. Yeah. And frag 3? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted, are... I want to make sure we got the final, yeah. final like, rankings for people right there. Yeah,
1: you try to pick up more throwables. No one went to use them. You mm-hmm. know, I, I try to carry multiple. I don't, like, just pick up Arc Stars. Don't I'll have stack a combination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like to use them all.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like we go for the Arcs and the Thermites the most, just from the versatility standpoint. Um, but, yeah, don't ever choose to not pick up grenade just because of frag like they all do massive damage and they are all absolutely amazing any other thoughts that's it let's dive now into a legend concept coming from Abulama, a patron so obviously we're going to get this one featured on the show much appreciated Abulama. uh name mila passive hack the system Mila can hack into cameras that are scattered around the map in buildings and on lampposts. When When Mila has hacked into a camera, it acts like Crypto's drone. And it notifies you when someone comes in range of the camera and like Crypto's drone, it will mark the enemy in question until the enemy moves out of the range or the camera is destroyed. Cameras have 10 HP. Cameras can be fixed only by
1: Mila. This is an interesting one. I actually kind of like it. You know, I if we do have a new map, this is obviously a, a pretty big investment into the environment, oh, putting huge. in these cameras. Mm-hmm. But at least in my head, I don't see it like a crypto drone where you have to go into the vision, mm. where you more so visually identify the camera and mm-hmm. then you interact with it from a distance, kind of with an iPad or something, and then you're going to get that kind of passive ability that crypto has. I like, you're never you like going to be in the controlling mm-hmm. of the, yeah, you turn them on. Exactly.
0: That is cool. I like that for sure. That, that definitely makes it a lot better than I think my first instinct was of it. I really like that thought a lot. Uh, the tactical, Flicker. Mila places a device on a building that makes the lights inside flicker. The flickering only lasts for 20 seconds, but the flickering is confusing and disorienting, and the flickering is also consistent and nonstop. When the device is placed, it also blocks out the window light. Kind of like the Iron Man Iron Door protocol from Endgame. Whoa, that would be scary. Someone pops this tactical on you, and you lose all vision through the windows, and then all these lights inside just start flickering like craziness.
1: Yeah, you don't have to convince me that flickering flashes is Mm going to disorient me. I think that's definitely a very good tactical. I think it's very creative, you know, placing a device on the exterior of a building and affecting what it does on, on the inside. Very creative. I think it's cool.
0: Ultimate Contact. Mila phones the nearest enemy squad and Mila then hacks onto their phone and reveals their location for 40 seconds. Contact also reveals their health, inventory, and stats. Contact takes 2 minutes and 30 seconds to recharge. I love that you reveal the stats. And say, hey, these guys are Preds, we got to get the heck out of here. Yeah, like, I know who you are. <laughs> that's a fun ability, though. Do you think that's kind of like a little much having an instant reveal of an enemy's location?
1: It's very, very unique. You know, I'm, I don't know if it is too much. I definitely think it's cool. Like, I would like to know if I'm going up a te- up against the team that all has snipers. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of gives me a lot of good information. Um, I'd be curious to see... Um, how the ui would work um kind of what it would look like in the game but yeah. i definitely think it's cool you know having a another hacker um to be able to give you more intel I, you know i love the i love the intel and recon legends already so adding and, to that list i'm cool with it
0: and you know she's going to be able to scan survey beacons I so yeah she is heck, she's already a top legend then in our opinions Hey. From a lore perspective, as everyone knows, Mila is crypto's foster sister. Mila has learned a couple of tricks over the past few years from crypto, and her talent has gotten her into the apex games. She uses her talent and tech to spy, seek, and destroy all enemies in the match. Great little description. I'm excited to see what happens with Mila's character. Hopefully in you know maybe in this quest, but potentially with next season rolling around, we'll hopefully find out more about her story potentially. I like this idea on her abilities though going with the full Intel, but in a very different way from how crypto goes about it, which is kind of cool. With that, though, let's dive into the last segment of the day. by the numbers. Take it away, Henry.
1: As you guys know, new segment, introduced it on the last show. Um, you know, I really love diving into the weeds of the game stats. Kind of gets me hyped to see how balanced Apex actually is when I do uh, go deep like this. It's just really interesting, I think, to see how developers create weapons that work within this very fast-paced game. And today, we're going to be talking about the Mozambique. Really? Mozambique! Yeah, Mozambique April Fool's Mozambique, right? Well, no. That's not <laughs> what we're discussing. But really, this is the laughingstock of the shotguns, and maybe the weapons in general. Um, and today, we're going to ask the questions, does it suck? Should it be a primary weapon? where is it used best Um, to kind of figure out the truth about this gun and as always with the By the Numbers I try to compare it to a weapon as well so you can Mm -hmm. kind of get perspective because it's kind of hard to think you know four shots of what is that like a sniper or what so I'm comparing the Mozam to the Mastiff the M&M -hmm. Um, clip size four shots compared to the six for the Mastiff fire mode is going to be automatic. This might be a surprise mm-hmm. that the that the Mozam is fully auto. Um, only the PK and the Mastiff are single fire in the shotgun category. The reload time is going to be 2.1 seconds tactical, and you still have bullets in the mag, or 2.6 seconds full reload. And to put that in comparison, the Mastiff is a 1.03 tactical and a 1.7 full. So, So far, the Mozam is kind of behind in the clip size and the reload time. Uh, But don't despair just yet. We're just getting
0: started. We're just getting started.
1: (laughs) Then the projectiles per shot is definitely a very interesting Mm -hmm. statistic and very important when you're talking about shotguns. Uh, The Mozam has three pellets. The Mastiff has eight. So big differences there. Mm -hmm. Now, the body damage profile is going to be 15 damage per projectile or 45 if you hit all three Mm -hmm. compare that to the mastiff which has 13 per pellet so slightly under Mm -hmm. but if you're hitting all eight that's going to do 104 to the body raise your hand if uh you've done 104 with the mastiff in the last day it's hard it's hard i did it today of course Uh body damage now with the awesome hop up that the Mozam has, the hammer point, um, it doubles the damage. So essentially you're gonna be doing 30 damage per pellet or 90 damage to just health if they have no shields if you hit all three pellets. Interesting. Now for the headshot multiplier, it's kind of unique. With the Mozam, it's a one point four six times multiplier. So you go from uh 66 without the hammer point to 132 with the hammer point just to health so keep that in mind and the mastiff has a 1.25 times headshot multiplier shots per second though is another interesting thing it's actually going to be a place where the mozam shines has 2.1 shots per second compared to the mastiff's one shot per second uh quite interesting you got more shots per second. But you're going to have less damage if you're hitting all the pellets. So it's a very much a, a precise weapon. You know, mm-hmm. With only three pellets, you really are going to be aiming down sights. You're going to be trying to get these shots on. And with the hammer point, you're going to be wanting to use it more as a secondary after um, you take those shields off. But let's talk time to kill. This is by the numbers. 3.5 seconds with hammer point is the time to kill. Five sec- five shots without the hammer point, you're pretty much screwed
0: yeah. because
1: five shots does not compute. You only have four in the mag, so that means that you're going to be reloading mm-hmm. as well. So it's going to take you four seconds plus the 2.6-second reload. So without the hammer point, it's going <laughs> to be a 6.6-second time to kill. Compare that to the massive, which is 2.1 if you're hitting your shots. Moral of that story is this is not a primary
0: weapon. Mm -hmm. In
1: order to kill somebody with purple armor, it's going to take you uh, too long, Mm -hmm. essentially, just too long. Any gun is going to kill it.
0: an impossible level of accuracy.
1: Yeah. So, really, we like to do the accuracy breakdown. It's kind of tricky with the shotguns, honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is something to look at. You're going to have to hit those four shots. Um, essentially, with hammer point. 100% accuracy. You mm-hmm. have to hit the whole mag um, to get somebody down by hitting them in the body, but you do only have to hit 10 out of the 12 pellets. So, you do have to make contact on every shot, but you don't have to hit every single pellet. 83% accuracy. Compared out to the Mastiff, if you are two-shotting somebody, you have to hit all uh, 16 pellets, all eight of both shots, um, but you also have six rounds in the mag, so you're really only going to have to be 33% accurate while aiming down sides to hit uh, both those shots consecutively, which is hard to do, but you have more wiggle room mm-hmm. than with the Mozam.
0: It's kind of funny because I know the devs have talked in the past about how they want like a different levels of weapons in the game, and they also want to avoid skill-cap weapons where like a pro can be like dominant with this gun because even a regular player can be dominant with this gun. You gotta be pretty dang good at the game to be effectively rolling in with the Mozam. But it's a satisfying kill when you pop that thing out with hammer point. It is a satisfying heck kill.
1: Yeah, I mean most of the guns in this game are right around a one second time to kill mm-hmm. with purple armor. So it's just like when you do over six and a half seconds. Yeah. It's pretty brutal to be using as a primary. But my challenge for myself, maybe I'll do this on stream this Ooh, week. okay. But it all depends on the loop. <laughs> Get a sentinel, charge it up. One shot in the body or the leg is going to take off all their shields. Then swap to the mozan with hammer point as a secondary, and it's a one to two shot kill for the health only. So that's kind of my challenge for you guys. It's kind of a high skill. Uh, high reward, high risk. Uh, hey, we're so gonna to put challenge? together Henry's
0: highlight reel. It's gonna be great. We'll try it out. I have complete confidence. I like it though. I like diving into the Mozambique, and I. While it is a difficult gun, I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be. If you can get those hammer points, at least it's pretty. It's pretty dang bad if you don't have hammer point.
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, with the hammer point, being able to hit those shots for you know 30 60 90 yeah it uh, can be pretty nice
0: before we get out of here though for the day let's wrap it up with a question we got a five-star review from frick box awesome sauce could you give some loba tips
1: excellent question back in season five we did a whole episode on mastering loba um so definitely recommend checking that out mm-hmm. um do we have any you know this initial easy, quick flashcards. I will say
0: nothing's updated from that episode, honestly. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been any changes, so feel free to dive in there and listen to that one. Um, don't use it to run away or to engage. It's kind of the tough thing. It's not an aggressive ability, and it's not an escape ability. Uh, you attack with it, there's too long of a delay on the animation at the end to get your gun up, and you're going to get lasered. And because it's so visual, people will know you're coming, and loud wow, the list just keeps on going. And then from an escapability standpoint, you're just waiting way too long with no gun or anything up, uh, to use it to consistently get out of fights. Really? It's a repositioning tool, uh, mid fight for the bracelet. And even then it's like, you got to be on lock with your team, making sure you're not abandoning anyone. And it's kind of a tough ability. Henry and I have been struggling to see where it fits in. Um, Thankfully, it's looking like from the time I've played Loba that we have fixed most of World's Edge, and so uh, that's no longer an issue. I did run into a s- recent issue on King's Canyon that was kind of frustrating with the Loba bracelet. But hopefully, maybe we get something coming with Loba soon that really helps all that.
1: And there's an open invitation to anybody on the dev team <laughs> that wants to come on the show and talk Loba. Because we have a lot of questions and a lot of good thoughts, I think. I'd love to have a a good discussion on what is Loba's strength? Yeah. And how do you maximize her kit? I -hmm. I really would like to have that conversation. So come on the show.
0: Definitely. I mean, one of my favorite characters in the game. Like, her whole storyline. Best
1: story out of
0: anybody. Everyone is, she's freaking awesome. It's just weird. She's meant to kind of push loot to the team, it seems like. But now we introduced crafting that kind of does that as well. And it's so, the ultimate's good, but it just gives away your positioning so much. It, it can be an issue there. And when do you use the thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, please subscribe to us on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third ThirdPartyPod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third ThirdPartyPodcast, and stop by our weekly stream, 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. Check out the Discord via the link in the description to find some squad mates and talk about all things Apex Legends. Thanks for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey
1: now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, I'm not today. Maybe tomorrow. Thank you